Welcome to Truth Talks with Dr. Anne. Thank you for joining us today. We have the second interview with my friend Chanel Hall, and we are going to talk specifically about LGBTQ indoctrinations in our public school system. Not only public schools, but uh, Catholic school system as well. And so welcome, Chanel. We're uh, going to do this deep dive, and I'm going to get you to explain some of the things that we're going to see um, on a PowerPoint presentation as we go. So, okay. So it's interesting. I've never done this before. So I'm looking forward to seeing what what examples you've pulled out and, you know, it should be interesting. It'll be great. It'll be great. So first of all, we just finished in November Trans Visibility Week, right? And um, so this slide is all about pride, but most specifically about the transgender phenomenon, I would say, and what's happening and how the recognition of these uh, young children and adolescents um, is more than just about recognizing them, isn't it? Tell me what you think this is about. Well, it's an ideology that covers itself in rainbows and glitter and, you know, acceptance for all and will give you a safe space to talk about your feelings, will give you free food, will let you out of class and do, you know, it's just this fun little group that people, that students can join and feel good about themselves. And, but the reality is though, that they're teaching these really, really dangerous concepts. Like for example, the idea that a child can be born a boy and actually be a girl on the inside. It seems like every other day, some teachers are reading books to kids, not even in the, the GSA club, just for and at GSA Club, I mean Gender Sexuality Alliance. It used to be called Gay Straight Alliance. Now we've moved on to Gender Sexuality. I didn't sort. realize that. Yeah. I was yeah. still calling it Gay Straight Alliance. Oh my god! Oh yes, because, uh, yeah, that makes and sense. Are even more progressive than that. Have moved on to Queer Straight Alliance. So it's QSA, by the way. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um. I mean, it seems like they're always reading books about this phenomenon and, and presenting it as if it's some normal life path that kids can just choose and, and that it's completely fine. Like, um, and it's all, it's often analogized, like they'll take a story of a crayon who's blue, but like red on the inside or yes. stuff like that. And then they'll say, they'll have a discussion with the kids. Oh, what does this remind you of? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Some people have a different identity on the inside than outside. And then, oh, yes, it's really, really important that we, that we are able to be ourselves who we are on the inside. Do you like, we should affirm these people. These people are powerful and, and, you know, kids get a sense that it's really virtuous and really, um, just, it's a really good way to get validation and attention and i'm not saying this in some kind of like I, I think it's a normal thing for kids to get sucked into it and they might not be doing it because they actually know they're seeking attention they might actually just fall into it um but well i think i think you're right i think um from my perspective and from my research and understanding is that Many of these children are already very vulnerable. Many, um, a high percentage, uh, in fact, well over 30% of these children are on the autism spectrum. And um, all of these children who are gender dysphoric. Now see, there's two things here, right? There's gender dysphoria, and then there's rapid onset gender dysphoria, which we are seeing uh, children, mostly girls in droves come out as trans um the true gender dysphoric child has some uh, deep deep um dysphoria unsettledness uneasiness with their sexuality the sex they were born with that doesn't mean that they're transgender in fact transgender is a political term in the first place but all of those things and and what we see is this targeting almost well i won't say almost targeting him of the most vulnerable children um and then 
kind of fast-tracking them onto some medicalization, which is very scary and very unhealthy for them. And that's yeah. that's a concern. Yeah. I don't think that these teachers are actually uh, have bad intention. Like I, I'm not trying to paint them as evil for doing this. I actually understand it very well. I, I used to kind of have that mindset myself where it was like, oh, well, if this is who the child is, you have this like this it's really worked like thinking back but you get you get into the ideology very slowly they start small and then and then they increase the level of ridiculousness but you don't really see it because it's just so incremental um but basically what they think is that a child is born with some like a a gender soul inside them right like a an identity that cannot be um, influenced by outside influences. So, so the the teacher, if, if a teacher is reading books on transgenderism every day for the whole semester, well, why would that ever impact a child who's not who's not actually uh, transgender on the inside? Why? How could that ever impact? It's almost like we've forgotten completely about the ch the stages of child development, and these are teachers, these exactly are people who should know that children are s prone to suggestion and, like, you know, still developing their their most basic capacities. <laughs> they're like they're like sponges. Children are just like sponges. I mean, they're their brains and their minds they just want to learn so badly children love to learn new things but and please this teachers too yeah well let's talk about talking about children let me go on to the next slide because this is one uh, that um i'm not sure if you've seen this or not but um but basically um i just received this JK, junior kindergarten children, ages two to five, are actually um, receiving LGBTQ curriculum in daycare. Um, this happened, uh, this is happening in Kitchener, and I've got the um, Kitchener, Ontario, the Rising Oaks Early Learning. And, you know, this is, this is really is that picture beside it like what was sent to you? E. Uh, th that picture was sent. Um, actually, this this information came from parents as first educators, and this was the picture that went along with it. And it's like, um, so here we are. So this you know, is something I exposed like a year ago, and it's actually from Nova Scotia. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. Sometimes things get confused <laughs> yeah and the picture may not be from this group oh so it could have been uh some from another um another class i'm not sure but they are um having the children uh they're reading books like worm loves a worm and you know the ones that are out there and of course um they probably, and I, I didn't see this, but the gender unicorn is used in uh, in early grades at school, at public schools, and it's so easy. I mean, it's in a coloring, uh, comes as a coloring book and a coloring page. So for young children, it makes sense. So here we are taking the very youngest children now in daycares and putting these suggestions and thoughts into their minds. And so we're, to me, and I've said this for several years, we are trying to change the brains of our children. We're creating new neural pathways on sexuality that no child um, in, you know, 5,000 years has, has had to deal with. And so this stuff is very scary. Here's another one that you sent, Chanel, this, um, this one. I'm not sure what um, age the or what grade this was for. It looks like an older grade. So hopefully, um, so it says here, this is a safe space. And uh, we need to have that come up on the screen. This is a safe space. And then it has tolerating homophobia, 
is homophobia. Tolerating transphobia is transphobia. Hate is not an option. So here we have these kind of um, lines that are just so much a part of a rhetoric that we hear all the time. You know, defining homophobia, defining transphobia, what that really is saying is if you have any other thought than what is currently being um, espoused as far as taught and that is being um, part of the narrative, then, um, then you don't belong and that you're a hater. I don't know how many times I've been called a hater. I am sure that you've had that many, many times. In fact, I think uh, not, I don't know how often this has happened to you, but um, you've been called homophobic yeah. yourself. And I'm like, oh, these people don't have a clue. But they don't have a clue. Yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of typical, you know, hate is not an option. So if you disagree, you're automatically hateful and awful. Yeah. Right? Labels have so much power, right? And as you said, it's, it's all a language game. It's all, well, how are we defining these things? I, if, if you yep. hate an individual, you actually hate an individual because they're identifying as trans. Okay, fine. Maybe we can call that transphobia. That's that's not something that I would encourage. I, I would encourage people yep. to have compassion for all individuals, regardless of what their, their ideas and their identity and all that stuff. That's of course, why not? But well, and that's what we were talking about um, in the last segment. That when we're talking about critical race theory and just accepting and caring for people as who they are, and we've come, we're going so far backwards in history. It, it just seems to me that it's just all backwards, and it's going backwards at a hundred miles an hour instead of moving forward. And we were at a much more healthier place prior to 2010, actually. Let me go forward um, and let's look at the next one. Okay, so you had posted this one, um, lesbian, what does it mean? Okay, here we are. This is an elementary school in Ottawa, yeah. Um, do you know what, what uh, grade at all this is this is in the hallway of the school so it was posted in the primary hallway where there's junior kindergarten to grade three it was made by the students in the gsa so i believe the students in the gsa were from grade four to six um like all of these that you posted so far are all on my twitter page with more info on kind of the location the school board if ever anyone's that's right wondering about that but yeah this there this was just one of the posters that were made they had one on bisexuality and then on the poster i have oh oh is that here okay good i i have it here but i just and i know that they're on your twitter page but i wanted to go through these so read this to me uh, and help me understand how a grade three or grade four child wraps their mind around this kind of language and how they're supposed to learn, you know, math, science, English, you know, when they're constantly besieged with this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it says a, what does a les, what does lesbian mean? It says non, it's a non-male. So maybe like a woman aligned non-male aligned gendered people whatever that means who are sexually and or romantically attracted to exclusively non-men supposed to be a word for that yeah that would be woman right <laughs> yeah and is kids even discussing this i didn't even know what a lesbian was in grade six why why would i need to know that you don't right i mean but here we have at least, uh, you know, and I mean, I don't think I knew what a lesbian was till I was in high school. And did I need to know? Not particularly. Like, I didn't treat any, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I didn't treat people differently 
because I didn't know, you know? Yeah. I think it was sometimes easier, but this is like, here we have, instead of woman, a non-male aligned gendered people. <laughs> How ridiculous. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the big question is, who is responsible for teaching kids about this stuff? You know, if you, as a parent, want to teach your great, your seven-year-old that lesbians exist and what lesbians are, and hopefully you'll say it's a woman who's attracted to another woman and not this kind of craziness, uh, then I guess, fine, that's your right as a parent. But when a school comes in and it holds yes. these... Um, these, well, not values, but this, just this information on kids, um, it, who, like, who's allowing this? Why are parents so keen with this? I, I understand that you want your kid to be inclusive. You want them to include everyone, but there's a time and place for these things. And school is not the place for learning about sexuality. Why would you even want a grown adult talking about this with your child? Exactly. Uh, teachers, in my mind, uh, don't have... Uh, they should not have this responsibility, number one. It puts too much onus on them. But the other thing is, this is the parent and child responsibility. And then look at the facts and myths, because this has to really challenge you, right? Not all lesbians are women. Fact. And then a, an arrow saying fact. Uh, so what does that mean, Chanel? It means that whoever... I guess what they're trying to say is that if a woman, or sorry, if somebody doesn't identify as a woman, so say I say I'm I'm non-binary or I'm trans or gender queer or whatever else I want to label myself, then that makes me not a woman anymore because I'm, even though I am a woman, I'm identifying as something else. So that means that whatever I identify as is reality and um, if I'm then attracted to a non-male gendered uh, people or whatever, then that would I would be considered a lesbian. It's all subjective based on these words that don't have any meaning anymore. And confusion. I mean, I read this and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is this is like mind-boggling and. How are children ever to make any sense of this at all? And then to say, okay, a lesbian is, you know, a non-male aligned, so really is a woman, romantically attracted to another woman, because that's what's saying. And then it says, but not all lesbians are women. Mm -hmm. So this this is the whole, this goes into the whole um, issue of, the transgender and the lesbian dynamic that is is really erupting within the LGBTQ, and you can see why. It's just like uh, women overall are being eradicated, but lesbians are like, man, uh, they are in the uh, most uh, I would, uh, vulnerable position, I guess I would say, because this is eradicating womanhood, but also a type of sexuality that other that some people identify as. So how is this inclusive? It just it, it messes with my mind. Well, let me go on because here we go with bisexuality. Um, what does it mean? Bisexuality is a romantic or sexual attraction or behavior toward both male males and females or to more than one gender uh, because there's 183 genders that exist or whatever, or infinity genders, wherever you call yourself. Then, whatever you, yeah. I think there was a part on here that said, what is the difference? I can't actually see the bottom of it, but. Uh, they both, okay, I can see here because I've got it on my computer. Though they both, uh, well, let me go back here. The buy flag was made in 1998, so it's relatively new, really, to increase the visibility of bisexual people among society as a whole and within the uh, 2SLGBTQ plus, uh, GBTQIA plus community. Uh, though they both have bi in the name, they're, oh, they can't spell right. They, it should be, they are completely different. Bi-curious is someone who's interested in having a sexual experience with a person of the same sex. All right. 
And this looks like uh, it's written maybe, like maybe this is um, grade five or six again, right? Yeah, this would be, I think it was grade four to six, whoever volunteered to be part of the GSA group. So I think it would probably be done over lunchtime or something. I, I At least I hope so. I hope it wasn't done in, in, in a class, but either way, it's just as absurd. And yeah, it is. Why do kids have to know about the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality? Like, anyway. Well, we'll go on to that because the next one. And so here we have really the intersectionality going on here, don't we? This was um, seven and eight yeah. in in uh, Hamilton. Yeah, this is actually one of the most egregious examples of indoctrination i would say for this age like just how deep it goes into it and you can see at the top it says how what is your proximity or something to the dominant group in other words you if you're white you're you're very <laughs> you are the dominant group right you have all the power therefore you can't you have to just kind of back away let other people tell you how it is go along with whatever they say because you have privilege and therefore uh you're i i don't know how i guess you're not evil but you are in some way responsible for keeping systemic racism a great reality in canada or whatever um and they define systemic racism obviously as the existence of racial disparities in groups in certain areas that are that um like for example oh if the dropout rate for a for black kids is higher than for white kids out of school then that's systemic racism now if in another school the white kids are being suspended at a higher rate than black kids then that just doesn't matter we're just not going to talk about that we're only going to take we're going to cherry pick where the racial disparities uh, confirm our theory and then we're going to present that as if that's just the fact this is and this is kind of putting together also um critical race and sexual orientation and gender identity all together kind of what are my social identities so, uh, so this is where i get confused social identity this is how i identify socially but some of these things are who i am a part of who i am as a person i can't change my color although uh when i wrote implosion uh so that was released in uh, january february of this year i came home from an event <laughs> you would have you would have enjoyed this um anyways i was speaking at this event in Mississauga and a black man came up to talk with me after. Lovely man, a teacher in a local school, not a big city school. And he just wanted to share a little bit. And he told me what had been happening in his school pretty recently. And so another teacher, a white teacher, decided to identify as black. And I think it was grade seven or eight, this teacher was teaching. Mm. And so this teacher came in to school and into the classroom, his classroom, and told the children he was black. So this black man standing in front of me, I mean, explaining all this to me, and I've read stuff, right? You read, you know that this is a thing in some places, but this is like half an hour from where I live in a public school. And here's a black man standing in front of me. And, and I said to him, how, how does that make you feel? Because I was feeling some stuff, man. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he just kind of looked uh, down um, at the floor and didn't speak for, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And I said, can I tell you how I feel? I said, that is one of the most offensive things I've ever heard. How, for one, it's it's unrealistic. There's no reality to this. And um, 
it maligns who you are. Like, I talk about racism. I don't know how you put this in racism terms because I don't think it's critical race theory, but but it just blows my mind. It boggles the mind. I come home that night and then I woke up early the next morning and thought, I'm going to write a book, another book. <laughs> and I did on implosion when the pendulum swings too far. And, you know, when black is white and white is black, that was the first chapter. And I kept going on because there were so many things. And this is the kind of stuff, these social identities. And for me, I all I could think of, why was that teacher not hauled into the office and, and said, cease and desist, you're lying to the children, you're lying. And... And either you stop or you lose your job. And I'm, this man did not, I want to clarify this, this man was white, white, white. It wasn't that he had any multiracial things happening. This was a deliberate, um, uh, not even an attempt. He deliberately was deceitful and lying to children. And that's what really it burns my butt. I'm sorry. I get really annoyed with that kind of stuff. So when I see this slide, I'm thinking, okay, here we are, all these social identities, and we're, we are just so confusing our children at so many levels. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's about kind of blurring everything in order that the child doesn't feel confident enough to make any judgment whatsoever. Like they're stuck in this sort of ocean of craziness where they're like okay well i just won't say anything because i might get it wrong you know it's just too complicated and whatever you say and it's going to be problematic in some way unless you get a, unless you actually jump in on the ideology and then you you decide that you are the one who's gonna sort of correct the other people and be in this perpetual kind of struggle session imposed on yourself but um i mean it that's what it is it's it's causing this state of confusion and of fear. Uh, and so kids just don't really talk anymore. I, I even noticed this in my teaching career, and which was only four years long, apparently. But uh, at the beginning, I felt like kids were more willing to share their opinions. And by the end, by the fourth year, I was feeling a lot like, well, it seems like kids just don't really want to talk. They, they don't want to they don't want to be wrong, so they just often don't participate, especially when it comes to their personal opinions and stuff like that. I yeah. sense that they were holding back. I think so. Well, let's go to the next slide. One of the things that I think um, we're seeing, uh, this, is, this just goes along with everything else that we've been talking about, but I want people to get an understanding that these are in the hallways of our schools. These are in the classrooms. This is what your child is being inundated with six hours a day. They can't get away from it. And a 17-year-old boy, I was talking to him a couple weeks ago. I, his mom, I just met his mom and he was there. We were talking. And he just said to me, he walks in his school and every day he is just bombarded, constantly bombarded with everything LGBTQ that he doesn't want to learn, doesn't need to learn, and he's fed up, you know, and I think there's a whole lot of children like him. I think, you know, now that's the teens. I think the younger children are like when it's kindergarten age, I mean, by the time they get to teens, this is going to be like old hat to them. Although um, it's so confusing when we look at it. What I, what I want to say here, when I look at this and when I hear what you said and what, uh, you know, what I was talking about, the white man declaring he was black, children are no longer safe in the public school system. You know, all this safe spaces, safe places, it is just the opposite of what really is happening. It's not safe in the school. When I went to school, it was safe. Um, I mean, were there bullies? Yeah, there were some bullies around. I remember a friend of mine had it. Uh, 
you know, got punched and he wore glasses and he got his glasses broken. I was so mad at that. You know what? The bully was taken to the principal's office and suspended for three days. This was, you know, what, what was happening. Now, just the average day child uh, who doesn't maybe want anything to do with this and doesn't join the gay straight alliance or gender straight alliance, <laughs> queer straight alliance, whatever we want to call it, they are the ones being bullied. And it, it's just so sad. It's really not safe. Yeah, if, if they think they've eliminated bullying, they're completely blind. What they've done is just transition it to a different form. Now it's online or it's a kid saying to another kid that, um, you know, they're hateful because they have the wrong opinion or whatever. And this does happen. The kids are constantly in this struggle session of who's more moral, who's more progressive, oh. um, explaining terms to each other as if that's kind of a measure of how good you are and how cool you are. And this is cool. It's a very, I mean, in some schools, I don't know, I imagine it's kind of changing now. I think there are some kids who have strong leadership skills who are also fed up and are leading the way towards more rational, you know, common sense. Josh Alexander would be a great example of that. And he's mobilized yes. since um, in, in schools. I recently attended, uh, last spring, I, I attended a um, student walkout at a Ottawa high school. There's probably about 100 kids, I would say, that walked out. And it was over the... Um, transgender students entering each other's bathrooms and you know a lot of other stuff too but yeah talked to a lot of the boys there and they said look this isn't see people often talk about oh this is a women's issue but we don't want girls in our bathroom either and i completely agree with that i think it affects both sexes it does it does and they need to be allowed to speak well when you're talking so we'll go to the next slide because this is just more of the same but you're talking about all of the names, you know, here we have all of this stuff. And for parents that are watching, and you know that I've been on this educational track, we've been looking at getting, how how do you get your children out of the public school system? Because now you may disagree with me, Chanel, but I, I and several others um, who are belong to large groups internationally looking at a re reformation in education. Uh, we don't believe that the public education um, can be changed from the inside out. It's gone too far. Um, so then, you know, we see this kind of stuff and this is why it's so important for parents who still have their children in public schools and even some Catholic schools and some other Christian schools to know what is being presented and to be aware. And when you say, well, it's not being taught, it's not being taught in my child's classroom. Well, you can believe that it's being presented throughout the entire school. And if your child's classroom is safe from it, it's because the teacher has made a very difficult choice and how long they can keep uh, making those choices not to present this stuff is uh, kind of, you know, it's there's very few teachers that that can actually stand against it, and if they do, they're liable to use lose their job most often. Yeah, so there is some leeway, as you say. Like some teachers will try to stay away from it as much as possible; others will go full force. But um, even the teachers who don't want to teach this stuff, their kids are still going to be exposed to it. Let me tell yes. you a couple ways. Hallway propaganda, like we see here. This is an elementary school. I can't remember exactly. I think it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know where. It, I think it was in the Peel Board, though. But um, yeah, so hallway propaganda. You have the morning announcements that are constantly, you know, they start with the uh, land acknowledgement. That takes yes. probably five minutes of their day or whatever. Then they've got all this. the announcements for the gay club um i know there was a school in ottawa last year that for for june the pride month which i'm surprised has not been extended to pride year yet because that's what it seems like it it's become but every day they would explain 
uh, terms. Like they'd say, oh, what is a lesbian? And then this particular school also defined a lesbian as a non-male, by the way. And they read this over the intercom to all the students in the school. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? You'd have guest speakers come in often. Uh, paid. Paid. Often. A lot. Like these people yes. have the greatest incentive ever to just shut up, go along with it, and go on five vacations a year to wherever they want and not care, not have a care in the world because the money is there and the board is just happy yes. to fund them. The government is funding it. Well, and so in our area, very rural, Ontario, uh, last spring, we had the Get Real movement come to about five schools in our region. Well, I kind of blew the whistle on it. Um, and uh, parents started really waking up to what was going on. Uh, the, super, uh, the school board superintendent has called me dangerous. Is this yeah. John Dance or... I'm sorry. Is this uh, the superintendent? Is it John Dance or no? Oh no, it's a woman. Oh, anyways, in school board that you're. It's in. I'm in Great Bruce, uh, the Blue Water School Board. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, but uh, the reality is that this stuff is just, um, yeah. They these people and there's several of them that come in the group, and they get paid big bucks, like you said, to come and present. And so what? I was told by children, and so this is secondhand information from children um, in grades six, seven, and eight, but um, it's actually almost third hand. So, you know, take it for what it is, but I don't think they were lying that they were all required to go into the gymnasium and no one was allowed to leave, even to go to the bathroom. They weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. They had to sit through the entire presentation on, uh, you know, I'm a lesbian and here's what I do. You know, I don't know what they got into because we aren't allowed to know. And not only that, uh, some of the parents, grandparents, um, went to the school to, to go in and to ask if they could go in. And they said, the principal told them this is a non-curricular event and no, you're not allowed to come in to watch. And I'm like, I'm fuming by this time. Fuming. This is public school system that we pay taxes. You know what, people? We need to stop it. I don't know how we do that. But anyways, we need to stop sending our kids to this stuff. And and our government is providing all of these um, finances for these people and drag queens and everything else to come and, and read to your children and talk to your children. Who, what parent would let a stranger talk to their child about sexuality? Yeah, crazy, right? Completely nuts. Um, I was gonna say something you were talking about. Uh, oh boy, I think I forgot. But um, it'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back later. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of things. Even virtually, like they'll meet with students after school. Um, I know the Peel Board recently had this announcement for grade six to eight students to meet with this guy he's like a social worker or something his name is todd and it, it was just like oh well come it, it was during lunch too by the way or something like that so students would be able to join without their parents necessarily knowing and they get to talk about exploring their gender and issues at home they, they can talk about their issues with their parents and stuff like that and like I exposed that and then they ended up actually deleting it off Facebook, but the, or sorry, off Twitter, but the group from my understanding is still taking place. They're just starting to post a little less or, you know, they'll put their posts private. Oh, this is what I was going to say, actually. <laughs> you get real movement. They just put their Twitter on private too. Like, I don't know how long ago this happened, probably a few weeks ago, but they're now no longer public. But they're still presenting in all of these schools uh, for last week. It was bullying awareness week. So this is another opportunity to uh, push anti-racism, push trans anti-transphobia, whatever in schools. So they were, I know of at least five presentations that they gave that week and there's probably many more. It's just, it's kind of whether a teacher posts it, posts about it or not is, 
I don't know. I, I, but now it's all, all secret. Everything is a secret, you know, and kept secret from parents, which is just... Um, yeah, I don't know if it, they informed parents. I would be surprised if they did. If they told parents. Well, with the gay, um, not the gay street lanes, with the um, Get Real movement, they notified in our region, uh, they did send a, a notice home with the children on the Friday night, and it was happening Monday. And so there was no time for any kind of questioning. What is this about? And, you know, how many of those notices even ended up, you know, out of the, out of the backpack and given to the parent? And unless the parents, you know, kind of going through it with the child and stuff. And, and, and then the child's just thrown into this again. And it's just, it's just continuous. Okay, the next slide. Let's go to it. Um, because I think this is really interesting. It says normalizing, uh, asking pronouns. So normalize, asking for pro pronouns. So well, what's that about? Are we, are children supposed to go and ask each other what their pronoun is? Yeah, I believe this was in a GSA club too. So the kids made this poster. And then they posted, I don't know if you could see on the hearts there, they have different categories. They have polysexual, whatever that means, but yes. non-binary, aromantic, genderqueer, all of these things that they obviously got from school, I would imagine. Um, Normalize asking for pronouns. So yeah, they want children to, as a sign of respect, share their own pronouns and ask other people pronouns instead of believing what their eyes tell them. And it's it's like this is really forcing the other children and the teachers to to affirm. Um, and I just um, about two months ago published um, the ultimate deception, which is the danger and the truth of gender affirming care, and the real science behind affirmation only care and it's pretty scary because there is no real science and there's no longitudinal studies that this is good for children in fact everything points to just the opposite and yet here we are the school normalizing this kind of stuff and accepting this as as normal behavior wow it's pretty scary um this it isn't just the schools themselves though if you go to the next slide, uh, Workplace Indoctrination Day at the New York Region District School Board. I want to say something before you jump in here, because the workplace indoctrination isn't just at the school board. A young teen, um, so 15-year-old girl, uh, we were out uh, shopping together. She's not related, but I kind of like spending time with this young woman. And she is um, taking her lifeguard instructors. And this stuff is part of the lifeguard instruction that she has workplace indoctrination. They have to, you know, they have to adhere to all this stuff. They have to know all this stuff. And there's a young Catholic girl. And so she's pretty sick of it too. But tell me about this. Yeah, this was sent to me by a, a York teacher who had to sit through this whole thing. It was a half day of a video, I think it was a 45 minute video, but they stopped it throughout so that the teachers could answer questions. It was all about, if I remember correctly, like uh, whiteness. Uh, so they defined whiteness, not as being white, but as the ideology of maintaining and upholding white supremacy or something like that. So they, they like blur everything. And um, then they talk about, oh, what are the psychological barriers to um, accept it to to not jumping in on this ideology basically what what could prevent someone from wanting to label everything white supremacy and whiteness and and joining us and fighting racism and all this stuff <laughs> so what this means then if you aren't joining them and jumping onto the bandwagon that you are psychologically impaired yeah, exactly. Like you just need help to accept it. You just need, we need to figure out what is blocking you. Is it because you're scared that you're going to lose your power and status? Is it because you're um, unable to 
um, get away from the racist ideology of colorblindness, you know, that that nasty ideology where you treat everyone the same regardless of the race, that's racism now. So, and that's actually written in it. Like, I'm not even joking. So, and I, I, I wasn't realizing that this particular indoctrination was on critical race. I was, because it, it's not clear, you can't read the, um, the writing in this one. Um, so we might talk about this a little bit more when we do critical race theory. But workplace indoctrination, I've had a couple things from other teachers at the beginning of this uh, school year on their um, um, PD days and um, the whole day being given over to an LGBTQ understanding. They have to, you know, deeper learning, deeper, just everything. And so frustrated because they're not actually uh helping the teachers help the children learn they're it's all about this so there's there's two more slides that i'm going to show this is celebrate you this is uh not just a banner this is a you it's a beautiful painting isn't it look at this oh, i mean it's very is <laughs> very colorful and all the flags my goodness and people, you know, so it's it's really inclusive. Well, it uh, feel like it's an actual, like it's factual, right? Like, look at all these groups that exist; they are real. And it's like, little do they know, some kid probably created the flag, put it on Tumblr, called it something, and then it it just snowballed from there. It's like there's actually zero basis from it. There are two sexes, male and female. There are infinite possibilities for personality traits, as Bill Ward Chris says, right? Um, you can have, everyone has a unique personality. It doesn't make you another sex. It doesn't make you another gender. Exactly. This is what we're putting into kids' minds every day when they walk through the school hallway. Celebrate you. It's all about you. It's about your narcissistic self-image and what group you belong to and you better pick one that's going to give you the highest marginalized status so that then your voice is more important than someone else's and oh by the way have you ever seen those uh like the pages where they're full of uh sexuality flags they're all colorful colorful and yay bisexuality pink blue whatever and then you have the the straight flag and it's like black and white and the most basic thing that no kid would ever want to identify with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Talk about manipulation. Okay, so I'm ending with my uh, the last slide that is my very, I, I, I'm going to say favorite in the sense that this one really, really is annoying to me. This is, as, as a Christian believer... And for Muslims, the same thing. You know, here now we are enacting God. God, the original, they, them. So our understanding of God is the Trinity from a Christian perspective. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now we have the LGBTQ identifying God as they, they them. And I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, if this isn't a s sacrilege, it, it is is so wrong, but who's standing up against it? Who is really starting to wake up and standing up? And I think there are some people that are starting to wake up and you have been instrumental in waking up a whole lot of young people because I'm twice your age. And so <laughs> I'm always looking out for younger people who are awake and who really understand what's going on. So I've been so thrilled to have you with me today, Chanel. Um, any last comments on this whole indoctrination in the schools? Um, well, you have to understand that it is everywhere. There's no getting away from it. That's Don't right. wait where a kid comes home with something and then, then you're going to act. Trust me, it's already there. And if you need help, finding it then you can reach me on twitter and maybe i can help you out uh because some people just aren't going to do anything until they see a concrete example yeah uh, but i hope that that won't be the case for for 
like you can find it also in the board documents, right? This is just board policy. All the all the school boards right now, for example, if if a child changes changes their gender and pronouns, they're not going to tell the parents. And um, Stephen Lecce didn't say something about that. He said he thinks that parents should be aware, but then he never followed through. And there's no, there hasn't been any policy change. So I think parents saw that comment from Stephen Lecce and felt hopeful and, oh, okay, now we don't have to worry. It's That's okay. what happens at yeah. the time. We think, oh, we won. No, you didn't. Yeah. You, you may have ha advanced a little. You may have pushed back a little, but you can't let down your guard. You can't give up. You cannot just turn your back and say, okay, that was good. We, we had success because it's so much deeper than that. And we're going to talk about that again. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Being labeled. Just stick to it. You are a good person. You're not hateful for opposing this indoctrination. A lot of gay people agree. Even transsexuals agree. Some of them. So you're not crazy and this is really it's important to oppose it so thank you very much oh you're very welcome and i really believe that um I've, I've said this many times that uh many of these young women particularly who are transitioning get into their late 20s and 30s and go oh my goodness what have i done to myself and i think you know I can't live with that. I can't, I cannot not speak out, <laughs> right? That's probably not right. But I have to speak truth because this is, this is most, one of the most damaging things that I've ever seen happening to children. So thank you again. And welcome back and talk about critical race theory. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast on LGBTQ indoctrinations in our public schools. If there is anyone that knows what's going on in the public schools, it's Chanel Paul. And I thank you, Chanel, for being with us. Thank you that um, you were able to contribute so much and have actual access to some of the things most parents aren't aware of and many grandparents uh, are just learning of now. So you can go back and rewatch this video many times so that you get all the information you're going to need. Check out my website, www.restoringthemosaic.ca. And would you please consider donating to this project and others that I'm embarking on? Thanks again. Have a great week. You've been listening to Truth Talks with Dr. Rand. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can find Anne's books, blog, and sign up for the newsletter by going to restoringthemosaic.ca.